I'd like to introduce Ms. Raquel Granton, a family nurse practitioner who is working in internal medicine. Using evidence-based practice, she provides care to adults with various health conditions, such as hypertension, diabetes, COPD, anxiety, and depression. Using a patient-provider team approach, she focuses on the well-being of the entire patient and allows them to actively participate in providing guidance and education to determine the best treatment plan for their health care. She is a firm believer that by providing education to patients on disease processes while highlighting preventative measures and providing treatment is vital to attaining better outcomes and overall health. She is a two-time graduate of Northwestern State University in Natchitoches, Louisiana, where she received her Bachelor's of Science in Nursing and then a Master's of Science in Nursing, specializing in family, family nurse practitioner. We'd like to welcome and thank Ms. Raquel Gratney. And Raquel, you two have to dial star six to unmute yourself, and then you might be muted on your phone as well. Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Dr. Brooks, for the introduction. This morning I will be talking to everyone about personal safety during the pandemic. Um, I know this is a very uh, odd time and a chaotic time for everyone, um, so I am definitely very thankful that I've been given the opportunity to talk to you all about some personal tips and things that um, will hopefully that you can use in your day-to-day -day practices and what you're doing, and then also to, to, you know, let your family members know and spread the word on what we can do as individuals to help um, with this pandemic. So first I'll start off as far as um, who are considered vulnerable individuals when it comes to um, the pandemic and who's at risk. So first is definitely going to be our elderly. So that's considered 65 years and up. Um, anyone that's in nursing homes or nursing home residents, uh, anyone at that age, they, they are considered our most vulnerable in regards to those being affected with the COVID-19. Uh, other people that are vulnerable would be those with serious health conditions. Um, those health conditions being hypertension, high blood pressure, chronic lung diseases such as COPD, that's um, COPD, emphysema, asthma, or a history of being a smoker, diabetes, obesity, or anyone that's immunocompromised. And you can be immunocompromised due to having chemo um, treatments or radiation treatments or even someone who's possibly a transplant patient. Uh, so those are all, you know, our most at risk. Are others at risk? Yes, but these are the people that are our most vulnerable when it's coming down to what we're seeing happening with COVID-19. Um, just recently, uh, off of some statistics that were given on St. Landry Parish, there's over 20 residents from nursing homes that have um, died due to complications of COVID-19. So that goes to show you that, you know, they are very much a vulnerable population there. So we really need to be mindful about um, doing things to, you know, be extra cautious and safe around those individuals that are considered vulnerable. Um, next thing we'll talk about is the, what are the biggest things that you can do to not only protect yourself, but also to protect others. So we all know that there is not a vaccine available for this. Um, they are working really hard to try and get a vaccine available, but right now the biggest protection we have is ourselves. Um, and we really need to, you know, do certain things to, you know, help limit the spread of this and to protect ourselves. Um, best prevention is going to be to avoid exposure. Um, so there's also studies now that are being shown that you, we can have individuals that are not symptomatic um, of having COVID-19 and still be positive for it. So with that being said, it's, you can go to the grocery store and it can be somebody who doesn't have a mask on and they sneezed or coughed and they didn't have anything to wash their hands and they touched a certain product and you came behind them and then you picked up those droplets or particles from that, whereas they may have not even felt that they were sick and they were healthy, but now if it's someone else, you are now being exposed to that. 
So in, in the near future, and a lot of people are doing it already, they're wearing masks. And I feel like that is going to be something that is not going to go away for a while now. Um, recommendations now are that, you know, this spreads by droplets. Droplets are found, coughs, sneeze, or even talking. And so then those droplets are then able to make it to the mouth and the nose, and that's how the virus can enter your body. So they are saying now that everyone should wear a mask in public, and that's basically for two reasons. So if you are not symptomatic but could possibly be still positive, you are wearing a mask to prevent those droplets that you have going on things or being spread to other people. Other thing is why I think a mask is beneficial too. So if I'm out in the store and I'm shopping and I have a mask on and I don't have gloves on, if I'm picking up certain things, you know, there there's things on your, your hands that you can then spread by touching your face. Uh, the average person uh, touch their face almost about you know, 20 times an hour. And a lot of people don't realize that. So at least wearing that mask when you're out and about in public, it gives you an opportunity to not self-consciously touch your face so much because you have that mask there until you can go and wash your hands. So um, definitely just be on the lookout. I, uh, I think that the masks are definitely going to be here for a while, and they're going to be really beneficial when we're out in public places, especially in areas where you're not able to be, you know, six feet of distance from someone else. And that is the, the proper distancing from someone is going to, you know, that is still six feet. Uh, other things are showing, um, you know, basic things, primary, wash your hands often. Soap and water is going to be the gold standard, and you need to at least be washing hands for 20 seconds. Uh, if you're unable to, you know, get to soap and water, hand sanitizer is going to be your next best option. Uh, and making sure that those hand sanitizers have at least 60% of alcohol. Um, and being sure that you, you know, wash your hands frequently, especially uh, being in public places or when getting out of those places. Uh, big, the big thing, avoid touching the eyes, nose, and mouth, especially with unwashed hands. And it's, uh, I, I've tried it before, counting how many times I've touched my face in an hour, and you, you will really be surprised at how often you touch your face and you don't even realize it. Um, but the masks are important if we use them appropriately, and they can help prevent these droplets from entering um, from entering and could possibly harm you as far as with the virus. Uh, another big thing, especially when out in public places, is going to be, uh, you know, try your hardest not to touch elevator buttons or handrails. Um, don't participate in any handshaking, uh, especially if you're at, you know, gas pumps. Whenever you're doing some of those things, you know, if possible, use something else to, to do that, and then you can throw it away. So if you can use your elbow to press the elevator button, that's fine, or if you have a little Kleenex or something, you know, use that to press those buttons or while you're having to, to use handrails um, just because you could have had someone else there. Those droplets can live on that surface for quite, for quite a while. So you, you can never be too careful when doing those things. Um, Everyone should wear a mask, especially in public. I know I've already said that, but we can't express it enough. Um, people that shouldn't wear a mask, um, children under the age of two, anyone that's unconscious or incapacitated to the point to where they can't remove a mask. So um, they're going to be, you know, be a little bit of gray area there. But also uh, when it comes to those things, if those individuals, if they're to the point to where they can't do that on their own, that's someone that unless they absolutely had to, I would recommend and say, well, I wouldn't, I don't think they, if a two-year-old doesn't need to be in a public place, then let's not have them in a public place. We're not seeing children be affected as much uh, as far as uh, adults are, but we still don't want to expose them and put them at risk if we don't ultimately have to. Um, also, big thing is to be sure and clean and disinfect. Uh, any frequently used surface daily, so that's your tables, your doorknobs, light switches, countertops, handles, desks, phones, uh, keyboards, toilets, faucets, sinks, anything that we touch a lot throughout the day. Um, and you, you can't do too much cleaning and disinfecting. Um, you can use Clorox wipes. You can use Lysol. 
Uh, you can make your own bleach solution. Um, bleach solution usually consists of, you can do um, five tablespoons of bleach per gallon of water, and be sure and leave on the surface for at least a minute. Other big thing, too, is uh, shopping carts. If you can wipe them down before you use them, be sure that before you start pushing that shopping cart, then which you just wipe down, that it's dry. Because if it's still damp and it's still wet, then it's not effectively sanitized like it should be. So uh, be sure and give you know time to let the product dry so it can work and do what it needs to. Uh, big thing to uh, electronics. So wiping down the phone, your computers, and iPads. Uh, wiping those things down. We we are a very tech-savvy world now, so those things are second nature to us, but be sure and, and wipe those things down because you'll be surprised what things, you know, that you can leave on there and bacteria and you can expose yourself to those things when you don't necessarily uh, have to. So please be sure and wipe those items down. A lot of items you'll, you may see, um, depending on what it is, they have recommendations for sanitizing. But I, I found that uh, alcohol-based wipes or spray, it's okay um, for them to be used on those things. Uh, it's one of those things that um, use it for the greatest good and um, we'll just kind of go from there as far as when wiping down those products. Uh, as things continue on, I, I really feel like everyone's kind of shifting towards what we can do to be able to return to work and to try and get not, you know, not only the country reopened but also our state. So there's gonna, um, I want to let you guys know that this is certainly coming, but we definitely need to be responsible when it comes to us reentering and you know the work society and trying to restart our lives to get some normalcy. So with, with those things, some some tips you can you can take into as we restart this is that this is going to be a, a very slow process, and we don't want to rush it, but considering that. If we do, we are ultimately going to reverse everything that we have worked so hard to get over the last two months. Uh, we don't want to get to the point to where we're having to try and open things up and then we see an increase in our numbers and those infected and then we have to backtrack and, and close down the country essentially for another month or two. So it just has to be really responsible and, and some things that that we can do to be responsible is, of course, if you're sick, don't go to work or school. Um, you need to contact your primary care provider and then take that advice as far as those precautions and what you need to do if you are sick. Um, still practice social distancing and protective equipment. A lot of places, uh, as far as in jobs, they, they may start checking temperatures, um, being sure that they have proper equipment and things to allow for um, employees to sanitize appropriately as far as their work area. Still do social distancing if you're in like a break room. Um, make sure that uh, those areas there are you're far away from someone because if you're talking to them, you can still spread those droplets. Uh, and just the biggest thing is it's just going to be a very, very slow process. And uh, so important that if it's something that's non-essential and it definitely is not detrimental to your health, then don't do it. So if you don't, if you can get by from going to Walmart, you know, three or four times out the week and you can just go once, then just do that. Each time that we're out in the public, we are just increasing our risk of contacting this. So if it's not essential or if you can learn to, you know, change your schedule around to do those things. If your employer thinks that your job is one that you can work from home, then work from home. That way you are not exposing yourself to this. Uh, so that's, that's really important there and that, that's going to help as we try and slowly get things back to normal. Uh, when it comes down to as far as treatment for this, uh, we are only able to treat the symptoms that this is causing. And they have, you know, multiple medical trials uh, of different medicines and things that they are using, uh, antibiotics, uh, antivirals, which are some of the same medicines that we give to our patients that have AIDS and HIV, um, also 
different medicines called biologics, where those are a lot of times if you have rheumatoid arthritis or different autoimmune diseases, those medicines are used. And they've also had some recent success with using hyperbarics uh, with patients um, having trouble with maintaining their own oxygen level. But even with those things, there, there still is, is not, you know, a vaccine and then a true cure. This is all very new, and it's trial and error. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. So that, that just still goes back to show us that as much prevention as we can do as not getting exposed is going to really help. Uh, in the Department of Herbs and Supplements, um, that a lot of people are talking about that can be used um, to help with COVID-19. There's not enough scientific evidence um, that is saying that there is uh, particular herbal remedies or supplements that truly are effective to prevent or treat COVID-19. But there are certain herbal supplements that help boost the immune system. So with that being said, those two things are vitamin C and zinc. So those are both things that can help boost the immune system. What we're seeing with a lot of the patients that come up positive, just the way the virus is in the body, it totally just tries to wipe out that immune system. So being on, on those two things there can help boost your immune system, but it isn't a guarantee that this is going to prevent or treat uh, COVID-19. Uh, as always, consult a medical provider before taking any of these over-the-counter supplements because you just have to be careful based on, you know, different conditions and how they interact with other medicines that you may be on. So be sure and seek advice about those things. Um, another big thing um, going on as far as with, you know, your safety um, during this pandemic is, you know, your mental health, how you feel. Um, uh, it has definitely caused a lot of anxiety. You know, being quarantined and being in the home can cause some depression. And, you know, it's just, you know, hearing, having access to so many different news outlets and Facebook and just people in general, you can get a lot of conflicting, conflicting information to the point to where it can almost be an obsession. Um, and, and a lot of my patients I'm telling is sometimes let's just, you know, put the phone down, turn the TV off, and just kind of take a deep breath. Go, go outside for a walk. Read a book because this can, you can very much lose yourself in all of this. So you have to definitely maintain some good mental health, and, and those are some things that you can do. I'm not saying don't make yourself aware um, because I definitely want you to know of what's going on, but don't let that be your main focus on everything. Do what you need to do. Um, you know, take care of your family and your loved ones, and to be able to appropriately do that, you need to f be feeling well and, you know, don't pass on that stress and anxiety to them because we, you know, we, we, we are going to get through this. And it's just one of those things that we, we just really need to stay focused, um, but I definitely think it's beneficial to back away from social media and those things now and give yourself a little break from it. Um, you know, a lot of people like meditating, going on walks or runs. Don't just kind of sit there and, and, and just listen all day long to, to the news and the media because it, it is a lot to deal with. Uh, other key points, uh, washing hands uh, at least 20 seconds. I'll, I'll say that again. Soap and water is better than sanitizer, but sanitizer is definitely better than nothing. Um, please avoid crowds as much as possible. So once things start to open, if, if you don't need to have a party with 50 or 60 people, then don't. Um, if, if it's not, you know, totally necessary because uh, we just really need to keep ourselves safe. Avoid any non-essential travel. Um, being sure that you disinfect your surfaces, use gloves and masks um, the correct and smart way. So with that being said, um, don't put a mask on and then take your mask off and then start touching your face. Other thing is if you have a mask on and you have gloves and you're in the store and you're touching and picking up things, once you make it to your vehicle or you get out that store and you load those groceries, don't keep the same pair of gloves on all day long because now essentially everything you've touched in the store, you have now bought in your vehicle and it's on your steering wheel and it's on your front seat. So 
So be be sure and, and just kind of, you know, think those things through. Uh, and if you don't have gloves, that's fine. You have hand sanitizer or soap and water. That, that's, the you know, the biggest thing that you can do. So don't also you have a mask. Don't wear the same mask without cleaning it appropriately for four or five days. Those things need to be taken off and, and sanitized appropriately so that you won't continue to to spread things. Um, other things um, we talked about, if you're sick, staying at home, contact your medical provider. If children are sick, same thing. Have them stay at home. Don't, you know, contact a medical provider uh, in regards to COVID-19. So if someone in the household has tested positive for the coronavirus, even if that person has quarantined themselves to a certain room in the house, that entire household needs to stay at home and do not go to work making sure that they're not passing this on to someone else. And then you can always, you know, seek guidance from the medical provider as far as how long do I need to stay quarantined for, how long do I need to be asymptomatic for. Um, so, But it doesn't mean that, oh, well, she was in the house and we kept her in her room, and but she's still symptomatic because before she was symptomatic, she may have been out in the house and, you know, touching certain objects in the house and, you know, put, potentially have exposed there. So that's where it comes to disinfecting and sanitizing is going to be really important. And, and if you're an older person, stay home and away from other people. That, that's just going to be super important, and especially if you're someone with a serious health condition. Uh, as far as our numbers go, in St. Landry Parish, um, we have not reached the point that we want to where we're, you know, starting to see that curve flatten, but um, also, like in the past 24 hours, uh, haven't had any additional positive tests, uh, but we have had more deaths. So it's just kind of one of those things that our numbers are not where we want them to be now, um, but we really want to try moving towards being able to have reentry back into society. So we will still need to continue to do these things to protect ourselves um, as we go back into this. And I can't stress enough that I think this is going to be a very, very slow process. And it, it shouldn't be rushed. I, I know everyone feels like they're inside, they're quarantined and can't do anything, but just really don't want us to see us go backwards when it comes to this. Uh, and we just have to really be smart about it. And I can't stress it enough that we are our biggest protection for ourselves and others um, and to limit the spread of this and to help gain control of it. Raquel, thank you so much for sharing that. Okay, I am going to unmute all of us. So please be mindful of your background because I'm unmuting us now. Unmute all. Yes, do we have any questions for Nurse Brad? Okay. Do we have any clothes? Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Yes, this is Ms. Brown, Leslie okay. Brown. That's I have a question. And the question is, if you have sinus, like I do, I know my sinus system, and sometimes I would get the scratchy throat. How can I tell for sure? If it's a symptom of COVID-19 or it's just my sinus doing what my sinus does without the Okay. Okay. So with, with that being said, uh, yes, it, uh, allergies and sinus problems are definitely at an all-time high right now. I can definitely vouch as someone that is suffering from that also. So I will tell you just in my practice what I'm seeing as far as symptoms of COVID-19. Those first initially being fever, and that's usually high fever, something higher than 100.4. Um, next big symptom is shortness of breath. So that's tightness in your chest, um, feeling like you just can't breathe, and your normal things where you wouldn't be short of breath. 
um, such as, oh, well, I went to put my clothes in the dryer, and, oh, I just feel like I'm so winded. Another thing okay. when talking to some of the patients that have been positive, can't get a sentence out where they're just kind of like, well, yeah, I, I've been feeling okay. So you, you can tell they're just easily winded. Um, okay. Other things is loss of taste, loss of smell, uh, a dry cough. Other thing is some people say, well, I, don't, I feel like I, I have something stuck in my throat. Not necessarily a sore throat, but I feel like there's something stuck in there. Or symptoms that we're seeing of patients that are positive for COVID-19. When it comes to your allergies, uh, if you're not running any fever, if it's just a runny nose and it's some congestion or it feels like the post-nasal drip, those usually are things that's more allergic-related. Um, and, you know, not necessarily having fever. So always I say if you having concerns and you think that you've possibly been exposed or any of those symptoms that are the COVID-19 symptoms that you're having, if you have any concern where you think you're not totally sure and you're not feeling good and not getting any better after doing what you normally do to treat your allergies, that's when you need to be sure and, you know, seek medical advice from your, your health care provider. Thank you very much, Raquel. Any You're other welcome. Questions? Uh, yes. Uh, this yes, is Alice Colvin speaking. Uh, good morning, everybody. And thank you, Ms. Raquel, for that uh, message. That was really nice. I enjoyed listening to that. But I'm just saying that I, I know that we all should just be praying for one another. I'm a grocery store worker. I'm a cashier. And... Um, I get real, real frustrated a lot at work because I just feel like a lot of people don't care. They don't care about what's going on and don't care about me caring about what's going on. So uh, I just, I be frustrated a whole lot at work having to tell people over and over again to stay behind the, the orange line or stay behind the plexiglass or do this or do that. And I literally have to do this. Uh, every time that people come up to my register. So I just say, you know, that we all should just be praying for one another uh, about about all this stuff and, and just trying to do the best we can, you know, I guess to be trying to protect ourselves. But I thank you for the lesson. It was very good to listen to. And as soon as I get off this phone, I'm going to sit down with my grandchildren and discuss this stuff with them. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your service because, yes, you have a, a very important role in this as well. And I know, like you say, you feel like people just don't care or they're just not taking it serious. So that you, you, you enforce those things as far as I, I know it gets repetitive and you probably feel like, oh, I shouldn't keep, you know, have to say the same thing over and over. But, um, you know, that's your, your duty. You have to, you're essentially working that front line and you have to protect yourself. And that's the, the biggest thing. And if you have to correct those people, then, you know, you correct them or you, you take it to your, to your management because um, people really need to be educated and understand that this is something serious. So that's why what we're talking and doing today is really important for us to do. And, uh, and like I say, thanks again for what what you're doing, and uh, that's definitely awesome that we talk to kids about this too. And another point I wanted to make too, as far as uh, when it comes to kids' toys, be sure that you're cleaning and disinfecting toys too. Um, that that's also an important thing. But they also need to be taught as far as what's going on and why this is going on. You know, this is. This is an odd time for them, like, oh, why can't I go back to school? Why can't I see my friends? Why can't I go to this, you know, this place or that place? So it's good to educate them about what's going on and, it's to, you know, and be honest and truthful with them. And the biggest thing that they could take from anything that you teach them is going to be hand-washing. Uh, you know, kids are small. They're always touching everything. And so just teaching that, and you, you can't stress it enough to them, uh, washing their hands. And there's, you know, tons of different videos and things that you can do that's interactive to make it fun for them so they can know that they really need to wash hands and that it is important for them to do. Raquel, I'm glad that uh, she asked that question. So can you speak to this? 
I see. I saw statistics that said roughly 80% of people who get this will be asymptomatic. They won't really have any. They won't really show any signs that they have anything. Is that true? Yes, and, and that's kind of what I, what I talked about, why it's to the point to now that we all need to wear a mask. Um, because they are finding that it's such a high population of people that can have this and they can spread it. So it, that's why the mask is more so for me not to spread to you is one of the biggest things. Um, and that's why everyone should wear a mask, especially in public places, um, because of that simple fact that uh, – someone not knowing can spread this to someone else who could be, um, you know, a vulnerable person or not even a vulnerable person. So that, that's why it's so important to, to wear that mask. And it doesn't have to be a mask that, you know, you would see that um, someone in the hospital would have a bandana spine. I know a lot of different places are making masks with different material. Uh, and, but when you wear those masks, you still have to, you know, properly use them and disinfect. But that is very much um, a true thing, and that is statistics now are showing that there's a high. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you I'm very sorry. much. I, I heard something. I didn't know if it cut yes, off or not. It kind of clicked. Yes, I was. I was just was scared that we got disconnected. But no, we're still rocking and rolling. Are there, okay, I, I'm good. going to unmute us. Are there any additional questions? I'm going to uh, mute off. Okay, yes, I have a This is Chad. I have Hi, a question Chad. for Ms. Hi, Miss Raquel. Hey, baby, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I was talking to my to my wife, Miss oh. Raquel. Uh, <laughs> um, as a, as a truck driver, um, are there many truck drivers that that has the COVID nineteen that's going in the hospital so far? Now that information I don't have access to, as far as. Um, Personally, as far as any of my personal patients or anything like that, and I don't really have many um, statistics on that as far as just the uh, profession of truck drivers, as far as as many how many of them are infected with COVID-19 and especially those being hospitalized. I don't have that information, um, but I definitely see how it could you know could be a risk, a high risk for that profession. And that would make, you know, you more so susceptible to where you could contract this. So definitely taking on the preventative measures that you can, just considering that, you know, you I don't know if you just travel locally or you have to leave out the state, but being sure that you, you know, do these key things for your personal safety could help minimize the likelihood of you getting COVID-19. But I don't have uh, those statistics as far as how many um, truck drivers in that profession have tested positive for COVID-19 or that are hospitalized? Yeah. Thank you, but we will look All up right. that information and put we will look up that information for you and put that on our Facebook page and send you a link to that information after the end of this cuz that's interesting. Maybe we'll be able to find a breakdown by profession. Any other questions? You all are you are all unmuted, so you are able to ask your questions. Well, that's a good what? thing. It means it means it means she covered everything. That does mean she's covered everything, but I'm sure that there are some questions. Let's see. I do have a question. My name is Carla Thibodeau. I'm a delivery driver. I deliver meds to pharmacies, hospitals, and clinics. Um, a lot of times the nurses are there to take your temperature at the door. And a couple of times I had to ask them to put gloves on. Um, and one lady actually told me, well, we're not touching, I'm not touching the patient, but you are touching the thermometer that you're putting in their mouth. Okay. And so your question is, is that... Would that be should they change their gloves every time they take someone's temperature? Yes. Should 
And so, and these are these are workers where or the the pharmacy at clinics, hospitals. So, with, with that being said, it's it it would be nice if they have the availability to change gloves for each person that they come in contact with. I don't know exactly how many people they're coming in contact with, but due to shortages of what we call, you know, our personal protective equipment, I'm not mm -hmm. sure if that's the reason why, but even if it's something essentially that they're holding the thermometer and they're putting the probe in under your tongue, and mm -hmm. if you're not coughing and sneezing or anything like that or have any type of um, any runny nose or anything and coming in contact with it, then with that being said, if they were using, a hand sanitizer or washing hands in between checking temperatures, then that would be appropriate. What I think is the best practice, not necessarily, but considering um, not the possibility of not having, you know, just a large amount and quantity of gloves, that may be the best option for them at that time. Uh-uh. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this, uh, I'm sorry. This is Alice again. I have to say something else. Uh, what she just said about that uh, temp. Now, I haven't had to experience uh, going nowhere yet and having to have my temp taken. But now, if they put the thermometer in the mouth or scan something somewhere or something like that, I personally don't feel like I would want somebody on um, and business, different businesses to put a, uh, a thermometer in my mouth, I feel I kind of rather just if I know a place is uh, taking temp, I kind of rather just buy my own thermometer and take it with me and see if somebody would just use my, my thermometer and that is with changing their gloves over. And if they don't, I would ask somebody to change their gloves and another thing, I was in Central Market the other day, me and my daughter, and we went back to the meat part department back there. And so, you know, I watched things very carefully. In the when we walked up, the man asked us what we wanted, and so I kind of walked down a little bit, but I was still kind of looking down there. And the man had, you know, got some fish together for my daughter. And then when we, uh, when she came up, I said. He should have changed his gloves. I said, uh, we don't know how long he had been standing there with them gloves on or what he really done did with them. I said, in between every customer that managed to change over his gloves to wait on the next customer and dealing with that meat and stuff. So we didn't, we didn't keep the meat because, you know, I just – so that's, I think it's really important to be just kind of watching what, like if you're in a meat market and getting stuff like that, to be watching what those people are doing. Because I say again, it's a lot of people that's not either paying attention or they don't care. And so you have to be just really paying attention when you're out in a public setting trying to, you know, trying to get things done. Thank you. And I think that it, that is important what you're saying, and and I do feel as we try and go and move towards reentry that there possibly is something that to get into certain places they may check temperatures and do different things like that. Um, it, depending on the facility, it may have to where they have, you know, temperatures, thermometers that, you know, they're infrared and, you know, you can kind of go towards the forehead or the temporal and check the temperature there, and it's not always one that you have to put underneath the tongue. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if certain places get to that, and those as far as the infrared ones work really well just because uh, not having to get so close to you with the possibility of you being exposed to something or them being exposed to something because that's the reason why they're checking temperatures. But uh, I definitely think it's, a, it's great that you're visual and everyone should be, uh, and hopefully that people won't be careless, but uh, they'll be receptive of whenever they have certain things that you can, you know, point out to them and say, hey, do you, do you mind changing your gloves or can you wash your hands first and doing different things like that because this is, this is not something that's just going to be fixed on its own and hopefully everyone can work together so we can try and be as safe as possible and, you know, maintain our health and well-being. 
thank you very much. And then remember, folks, you always have the option to shop somewhere else. But you have to be your own advocate in these situations, but you don't want to be rude because we're all going through a lot, and this is something that's totally new for us in some regards. So we want to be patient with folks, but we also want to be prudent, and we want to, you know, maintain our safety. So you always have the option of just saying, you know, this situation doesn't feel right for me. I'm going to, you know, that's right. find that's another me. business or just forego it right now. Sometimes I know we don't have that luxury. Any other questions? Uh, doctor, uh, this is Judy Harris here in Benton, Louisiana. I would like to piggyback on what you said. We definitely must uh, be our own advocates. Me, myself, I'm a cancer survivor, praise God, and I had to have emergency dental surgery two days ago. And, of course, they did the pre-test with the temperatures and so forth and so on, but no one in that uh, office actually had masks on. I wore my mask coming in, and, of course, during the procedures, everything was sterile and they had their masks on and there. But going forward, there is a lot of question about cross-contamination because they, certain people just aren't uh, privy to the information or haven't had the proper training of what cross-contamination is. Thankful enough that they are at least wearing gloves. So our saving grace is to give some grace and to also just be, like you said, kind and, and approach them with kindness as we're trying to deliver our message. Because, yes, this is a trying time for all of us. But at the same time, just show a little grace. And this part of us being on these calls is educating. And I heard someone that is going to talk to their children. That's part of educating. Each one teach one. The more information that we get, we go and share it with others. And that is going to be a part of the solution of us working together to get through this pandemic. I'm so thankful and grateful to the nurse, to Dr. Brooks, to all that are making up this forum for us to continue to be progressively active in helping our communities near and abroad. So thank you for your time, and this has been another awesome call. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Judy. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, next week we will be having uh, the 29th. We will have Dr. Kenneth Cochran. He is the CEO of the Opelousas General Health System. He will be in to give an update, basically, of the services that the hospital is performing, as well as kind of just a state of the virus in our parish. We will also be having the family tree on, and they'll talk about all of the mental health services that they have available for free to us during this very trying time. Do we have any more questions? You are all unmuted, so you are able to ask your questions. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. And thank you all again for your service. We are greatly appreciative. With regard to the comment that was made regarding the butcher specifically, what guidelines with regard to purchasing meat, things that aren't packaged during uh, the pandemic? And what are the studies or, the, or statistics regarding transporting it from the store to home, and, um, of course, we know, most of us know. Um, oh, somebody's having an emergency. There we go. I'm sorry. So, uh, Raquel, did you get that question? I think what she was asking was just maybe like we talked about safety with your transport, your groceries. Okay. Yeah, that that's what and I, I got that last part. Talk a little bit about uh, uh, meat. From what I understand, if the butcher touches your meat and you come home and you cook that to the proper temperature, correct me if I'm wrong. I I don't think you you're gonna eat the virus. Right. Okay. Just checking. Right. And, and to my understanding, that that's the same way. But as far as with your picking up your products and um, different things that whenever you're out and about in the store, 
my, my recommendation on that is to, if, if you can leave it in your garage and, you, you know, things that can appropriately be wiped down with some type of, um, some type of wipe and just kind of let it sit for a while would be a good idea. I understand I, I don't want anyone taking fresh produce and spraying, you know, Lysol on it or anything like that because that just wouldn't be good practice or safe. So things that you can do that to definitely do that as far as when it comes to boxes and things that you go and buy in the store. And it just comes down to um, somebody else could have passed and, you know, touched that. I was like, oh, no, I changed my mind. I don't want that. So um, just practicing good practice with that um, is always uh, something smart that you can do. And then also it comes down to if I buy a box of oatmeal and I wipe it down and I fix it, before you uh, – start eating, go it on and wash your hands with soap and water. So that eliminates if there was anything on that box, but you have still washed your hands before you started consuming that food product. Thank you, Raquel. And on our Family Strong Foundation Facebook page, we do have a doctor, a medical doctor, and he is showing you how to disinfect your groceries when you bring them into your house. We have a video put out by LSU Ag Center on our Facebook page that shows you how to have a disinfected area in your house so that you're not, you know, this is how I think about it. I think about it like uh, like it's a real virus, like zombie of the dead type situation. And I imagine, I've said this before, that I'm infected and everybody I come in contact to with is infected. So what can I do to make sure that that infection doesn't make it into my house? And Raquel will stop me if I say anything that's wrong. So I told you all before, when I'm out in the real world, I'm wearing my outdoor clothes. When I come into the house, when I step into my, my right inside the door, that's my, where I'm going to disinfect. I'm going to take off my shoes and not wear them into the house. I'm going to take off my clothes, bring them directly to the laundry room, and uh, shower. If I have to make, if I've bought groceries, like Raquel said, anything that can stay outside for three days, because that's how long the virus can live on cardboards and canned goods and like. If anything that can stay outside, I leave it outside for three days in the truck of my car cooking. It's getting hot enough in there to kill the virus or kill will stop me. Something like my milk and eggs and stuff have to come in. I put them directly in one area that will have to be disinfected when they're finished. And as I'm taking them out of that area, I'm wiping them down. Like she said, she gave you several solutions. You can do the bleach solution. I use Clorox wipes. I'm wiping down the containers. Like she said, not I'm not wiping my apples down and stuff because there's another way to disinfect those products. So look at the video to so make sure that you're doing it right so that you don't contaminate your living space. And then like she talked about, make sure. Um, I do it every night before. Once everybody goes to bed, I come through the house. My son got to see it last night. And I don't do it in front of, the, in front of my son because I don't want like she talked about. I don't want to kick up his anxiety. But last night he watched me disinfecting, and he had not seen that process before. And I felt it was a little unnerving. So before I go, before I go to bed, but after everybody else is in bed, I disinfect all the hard surfaces that we're touching all the time. Excuse me. Like the doorknobs, the light switches, the knobs on the cabinet, on the stove, the microwave, the sink, the washing machine, the ice maker, the screen door, all of those different surfaces that we're constantly touching, the chairs, the, I do the sofa, the table. So I'm making sure every evening that I disinfect. And we're washing our hands a lot. It's just helping us be mindful. Raquel talked about how often we wash our, touch our face. I saw stats that say we touch our face up to 5,000 times a day. Three to, to 5,000 times a day we touch our face. Touch our face a lot. So it's hard to be, you know, something that we've got to learn. So while we're learning it, the world is learning it. So like you said before, we're just going to be patient with folks. We're going to be vigilant, and we're going to be proactive where we can be, and we're going to be mindful when we have to be in situations where we only can react. I want to thank Raquel so much for her time. We are all unmuted, so if you have any questions, you're able to ask your questions. Um, I have a question, <clears throat> yes. and um, I apologize. Um, my call was interrupted, so if it was addressed already, I apologize if I missed it. 
Um, I, I do have a question concerning protection while you're outdoors, like um, from your neighbors, or if you want to take a stroll around the neighborhood, walk for exercise. Like, um, are we supposed to be wearing masks outside, or, you know, um, you have any advice for that? Okay, so when you're outside, as I don't know how heavily populated your your neighborhood uh, is, but you, you don't need it while you're outside, as as long as you're you're maintaining at least six feet of distance away from somebody else that could be in the neighborhood um, exercising or doing something like that. Um, so that it's kind of the, the same thing, six feet of distancing. Uh, I'm not sure if in your neighborhood there's any, you know. Um, like stairwells or something like that that you would come in contact with. Um, those things, as far as, you know, if you were climbing stairs or if there's some type of equipment or something you were using, uh, when it comes to those, as far as something being on the surface or somebody else that could have used the same equipment before you, um, not necessarily saying that you need to be exercising with gloves, but if you are touching some type of equipment, then I would definitely recommend once you're done, you immediately, you know, have some type of hand sanitizer or you you can go and wash your hands. But if you're just walking and, you know, jogging or running and exercising in your neighborhood and you're not coming within six feet of distance uh, from someone else, then you should be fine. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Any other questions? And don't don't be embarrassed and say, well, oh, I really wanted to ask, but I'm worried. Don't worry. There are no silly questions. And, oh, and even if there are, we won't laugh right in your face. We'll wait till we get off the call, and then we'll giggle. But a good laugh is good. We need some humor at this time. I tell you a joke, but they're all inappropriate, and my husband's on the call, and I don't want him fussing at me later on. Any other questions? So before we hang up, I want to thank Raquel so much. I really appreciate her. Remember what she said, uh, especially when it comes to 80% of the folks who get this don't have symptoms. So when you go out, doesn't necessarily mean that you're not interacting with somebody who's just what they call asymptomatic. So just take proper precautions to protect yourself. And at the same time, you could be asymptomatic. So take proper precautions to protect those that you're coming into contact with. And when you're at the store, please have mercy on our essential workers because while we call them essential, remember, we're not paying them like they're essential. And they are putting their lives in harm's way so that we can go out and get our strawberries for the smoothies that we're making every afternoon. But I only go to the store uh, once every week and a half or so. So if there's no other questions, Remember, next week we will have Dr. Kenneth Cochran. He is the president and CEO of the Opelousas General Health System. We will also have the family tree. They'll be talking about the resources that they have available during the pandemic. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for calling in. I want to thank United Healthcare for their support and Ms. Deborah Jones. And lastly, I would like to thank Ms. Uh, Nurse Raquel Gradney for blessing us with her time because Raquel, thank you so much. We appreciate you. All right, everyone. Stay safe. Have a good day. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all.